Welcome to P.S. You Are Loved, hosted by your girls, Serenity and Tanisha. We're two childhood besties who have been through it all. We'll be sharing ideas and stories about personal growth, self-love, and living your best life. And as always, if you haven't been told yet today, P.S. You Are Loved. Welcome back to PS You Are Loved with Tanisha and my girl Serenity. We're super hey hey. <laughs> feels so good. It feels so good. Um, today we are going to kick it back. We are going to chat with you, Miss Tanisha, and see how you're doing, but also just get some more background on like how you came to follow your dreams and like come into your own space and truly hone in on all of the awesome things that really make up your your entire personality that you're now being able to live in your truth and like follow through into a flow and nothing's ever perfect but I'm I personally have been your cheerleader since you were two years old and I love the fact that you cut corporate world and have moved into a new phase in your life that is allowing you to like be more authentic within yourself. So yes, share some more about who you are. um, And then I'm going to ask you some specific questions because I literally have known you from day one. And like I said, I I feel so grateful to see you transition into this period where you finally ditched the nine to five and all the background noise that was going on around what it meant to be successful. And you're doing it in such a different way that seems foreign but it's also like so you no that's that's you hit the nail on the head I remember y'all I remember being in corporate and you know Serenity used to call me my <laughs> my corporate bitch you know I always work five so I'd come over and like have my heels and my pencil skirt on and just be miserable <laughs> and she'd be like this nine to five this nine to five and honestly like I didn't see how what else I could possibly do at the time you know Serenity and I had a podcast about her chasing her dreams I I was lost I didn't have the vision Um, I had gone to school for HR and I thought that's what I was supposed to do spend all this money (laughs) and time I figured you know what I have to at least try it Um, and I did Uh, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do forever and it's funny that the universe provides you with experiences where you're just like okay, I, I either I listen and I'm smart or I'm stubborn and I don't. And so the only jobs, the only jobs I could get out of college, university after studying for HR were all contracts. Everybody else I know is getting these sick ass full-time jobs in HR at Samsung and Rogers and these like well-paying stable companies. And, you know, I had some great places to work, but they were always contracts, eight months, six months whatever. And um, I just couldn't understand why I was only getting that until I decided to take advantage of the fact that I was getting all these contracts and listen to you and uh, follow my passion of of traveling because I didn't have time or money in university to do that. And I was like, well, if I'm going to travel, I might as well work. So that's when I went to Italy and I did the whole Germany and Spain thing, all in between contracts, working in HR and recruiting, working for six to seven months, gone for two, three, four months, working for however many months, gone for having more months. And it's funny because I remember at the time, like my parents were happy for me because they knew that that's what I wanted to do. They, they both knew that corporate was not for me, but 
they also didn't know exactly what to tell me, but they just knew that it wasn't right. Right. So it's right. hard to have someone who's like, do this. And they worked in corporate. So they knew it wasn't me, but they didn't really give any an advice and they knew I wanted to travel. So they were happy for me. However, all of their friends and even like some distant cousins and things like that, aunts and uncles were like, when is Tisha going to settle down? Why isn't she able to find a stable job? You know, is she still in debt? Da, 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 da. And I was, how could she be traveling and still be in debt? And they just felt like I didn't have the right priorities in mind. But I always have looked at my life where I want to be that rockin' grandma, you know, where my kids come over, my grandkids, great grandkids come over and I have stories to tell them. I don't want to just have worked all the time. Um, and I always did have a little bit of you in the back of my head. <laughs> like, good, good. <laughs> and you know what was so annoying? I'd be there doing data or like looking at resumes, recruiting, and I in plugged in into the computer at my cubicle. I would have Oprah. I would have Deepak Chopra. I'd have all of these people in the back of, in my head telling me, follow your dreams. You can heal your life, all this stuff. And here I am like, typing away and just completely slaving away forget typing away slaving away literally and and the the challenging thing was like for the majority of those contracts I was kind of getting paid shit but the one job that I did have that was a pretty big deal I was getting paid really well the most I'd ever made and probably at this point the most I'd ever made in corporate even when I had gone back a little bit and it was hard to not to turn that down because they were going to offer me a full-time job after that contract was over. But that's when I had gotten the invitation to work and volunteer in Germany, Ukraine, and Spain. So mm-hmm. I was really awesome opportunity, full-time job to be debt-free in like a year or less than. Right. And right. So had- how did you make that decision? Like, how did you decide, like, I'm just going to jump ship. I'm going to go over here, even though you're hearing all this background noise about like what it meant to be successful and to have a nine to five job and be stable and be debt free. Like, how did you make that decision to decide that, no, I'm going to go take this opportunity, this once in a lifetime opportunity? Uh, You know me, I'm better than, I'm better now than I was then. (laughs) Everybody I knew what they thought because I didn't know what, what I wanted. So I asked you, I asked my family, um, I asked my close work friends and everybody kind of like you was saying very similar things. This opportunity, this thing sounds like you. Why are you so afraid? This thing sounds like you. Why are you so, why are you so afraid? And, you know, it's, it's funny how, you know, you mentioning before when I was interviewing you, you sometimes don't see yourself how other people see you. Mm-hmm. You know your own insecurities. You know your own dark secrets. And so you don't see yourself the awesome way or, or negative way sometimes other people see you. And when I was given the opportunity to put on those glasses and see myself, how other people see me, I think maybe you or my friend Justine kind of reflected back on me, the things that I had done. And it kind of sounded pretty awesome. Like I had already done X, Y, and Z. So why stop now? Um, And it was all in a very short period of time, proving to me that amazing shit can happen in a short period of time. You can be here this time down in the dumps, wishing you could travel, wishing you could have that fancy car, wishing you could go on these trips. And three months later, an opportunity presents itself if you're open to it. And you know that that's happened to you many times. And I didn't want to regret taking the opportunity because I knew I could get a job again easily somewhere else. So that's kind of how I decided. And then I, I did the, I did the damn thing. Um, 
and opportunities literally kept rolling through. Like it was just insane. And I remember I had this quote in my room. I still have it. I will never get rid of it. And it was a quote by Sun Tzu. And the quote is, opportunities multiply as they are seized. So the more more opportunities you take on, it's that energy of reception that the universe or God rewards. Yeah. It has to be intentional, at least even just for yourself. It can't just be saying yes all the time because then you can lead to burnout. But if it's ringing true to your heart, why would you not? I didn't have yeah. any, I know I didn't have no kids. I was living at home, luckily enough to live at home because I was still in debt and I had to pay my way for, through school. So I had things in place that made it so simple. So why not, right? And so I did that with the support of you and my friends and family. Um, came back to another opportunity after that traveling to Europe, Germany, and Ukraine to dance, which is another huge passion of mine for the Pan American Games, which was like mind blowing. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and then I started, and then I went back to corporate and um, decided to work at a charity. And that charity just furthered a vision that I had in Italy. I was in Italy at the family holiday home on the rocks. And before the summer was over, I was like, voice noting myself which I do a lot asking myself what do I want to vision what do I want to do as a job and I remember saying I would love a job where I could travel work with kids or teach kids make good money and just speak and that's wow I manifested in that wow I didn't even know that I, I I genuinely did not know that that's what you put out into the universe I also didn't know that you voice note yourself I want you to talk a bit more about that but go ahead I'm listening Yes, I'm going to, I'm trying to make this story faster. So I had that job for basically four years. I mean, it wasn't the most amazing paying job, but I literally traveled all over Canada. I went to India twice, um, all over the US, the Caribbean, literally working with youth and speaking. It was awesome. Um, And then I had a moment and I was like, you know, you grow out of things, you, you reach a certain goal and then you have to reassess, right? Which is what was happening to me. I'm going to these workshops and I'm telling these kids, follow your passion, follow your bliss, do what you do well. And I felt like I had reached a point where I got everything I could get out of this opportunity. And I was like, what is next? Found out about doula, doula work, followed that up with a longer story that I can share another time. But I found that about doula work, did my training, and I sat on it. I sat on it for about three years. Um, I had one or two. I remember. And all this time, Serenity is saying, (laughs) just why don't you work as a doula part-time? And I I genuinely did not understand that that could have been a possibility because it's, it's, it's random work sometimes. And in my head, obviously, I went to the nth degree and I was like, I'm going to say I'm a doula and then I'm going to get 100,000 clients. Like, okay, calm down, Tanisha. <laughs> Leave my job every eight seconds and they're going to fire me and then all the clients are going to go away and I'm going to have no money, no job. So I just went from like extreme to extreme only to find out that when I finally made that leap with your help, with Justine's help and my other friend, Amanda, uh, and obviously Rashid is my support, but that it's totally, it was totally possible. I could have done postpartum on the weekends. I could have had clients and had a great backup. Like there is no limit if you, if you make that a reality for yourself. Right. And that's something that I would wish I would have told myself earlier, or, or I had believed you earlier, <laughs> new industry. I had knew nothing about it. And um, everything happens for a reason, right? Timing is what it is for a reason. So I jumped ship last April from my charity and went full-time in my, into my doula work 
working both agency and my own business. And it's been a little over a year now, and it's just been a huge growth opportunity, a huge learning opportunity. I'm also involved in the direct selling space to, to again, give me and help me build more freedom. So I do have my, my hands in a couple of pots, but these two pots really do align beautifully with who I am. Um, and uh, it's just a reminder that you literally can just do anything that you want and you just have to get rid of that fear. Yeah, no, that's, that is so powerful. And I'm, I, I, like I said before, like, I'm just, I'm so happy that you finally come to this place because I do remember you calling me in Italy. I remember you talking to me, you know, on your lunch break at your nine to five job. I remember going over things because I was like, you know, I see you opening a studio and teaching yoga classes and talking to parents and selling you sauna and getting them on, on vitamins and, you know, skincare. And like, there's a huge hub and you can still create that hub. Um, and it's, it's so possible. And I, I just remember kept, I kept drilling that into you, like all of these things are possible. They can all coexist together. And I remember you telling me like, you know, I can't just, I just can't see it that way. You know, and that, that's the thing. We're always in our own blind spot. And it's really hard to, to come out of that blind spot if this is the only space that you've known. You know, you go to high school, you go to college, university, you graduate, you start, you know, and then in the middle of all of that, you might build a family, buy a home, get a car, pay off your debt. And there's, there's some people who are chasing their dreams during all of that and they're living their dream job, but there's a huge portion of people who are doing this job because it made sense at the time and they can't get out of it because this is all they know. And the unknown is scary. Diving deep into something that you are unfamiliar with is scary, similar to my sugaring business, you know, where I literally just had to throw myself into it. And I am still learning as I go, you know, and I think the the gift of that is that people genuinely connect with you, even if you don't 100% know what you're doing 100% of the time, is they're feeling like, okay, like we're learning together. And that's not a bad thing, even if you're charging the money for it. It's like, let's go on this journey together because you're still helping them. They still see value in what you're doing. And I really love that you have finally come to that place where you're like, okay, I want to do this. And this is what I want my schedule to look like. And you are building that for yourself, like literally. But again, it goes back to, like I was saying when I was interviewing you, it's about trying and meeting different people. There is no way that I would have, and I know I have my, you know, I, I love him, but my fiance himself, he is really good at what he does, but it doesn't necessarily always light him up. And I mean, I think not every person is, is going to find their passion or live it. I, I think it's possible, but you know, for some people they can live that in other ways, whether it's through their kids or what have you, but the balance. Yeah. You need to get out of your own head, your own familiar space, your own family surroundings, your own friends. Like I think I read this book called the defining decade in my twenties. I was searching, searching. I would go to counseling. I'd read all these self-help books. I was, I was really, trying to ask the universe for guidance. I did everything I could possibly do. And I remember reading this book and this book was talking about social capital and that your social capital is really is what gonna, is going to set you aside and apart in terms of success. And that social capital is actually not your warm market. It's not your hot market. It's not your friends and family that are going to help you get to that next level. Unless they are people who are also passionate about that. The majority of the time, the, the circles of people that are going to help you reach your next level are people that you haven't met yet. They're cold market. They're mentors. They're people who make more money than you, people who are more successful than you. You know, even in network marketing, I'm learning you should never be the smartest person in the room. You should never be the most successful person in, in your friendship group because what is there for you to learn? 
if you're mm. the group, so to speak, right? And right. So that's why I'm constantly going to these different workshops and seminars and whatnot with you and traveling because there's just so much to learn from people. They're, yes, there's great books, but people, the experiences that they have to share, you even just really talking to your your family members, your grandparents, you know, your cousins, like we don't know people like we think that we do. Half of my family yeah. doesn't know half of this stuff, right? So there's so much wealth to be found through connection. Yeah, I, I love that. And and you're right. It's so true about, you know, building your tribe. And I remember I used to drill this shit into you about, you know, finding your tribe and having a tribe and connecting with them. And it doesn't always look the way that you expect it to look, you know, like that, it, it has, there's so many different la layers to what having a tribe looks like and the people who are in your corner versus the people who just don't get it. And it doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them people who are not, you know, your cheerleaders and that's okay. You know, like it's, it's, it's okay if they're family and they're not your cheerleaders. It's okay if they are family and they're your cheerleaders. Like you kind of just have to gravitate towards whoever is going to cheer you on. And I think that once you get out of that mindset that it has to be very specific people in your life, mm -hmm. um, everything just flourishes and everything does start to grow and pick up for you because you're like, all right, this is not working over here, but I can step outside my home and talk to ABCD and they can help me get to that place where I need to get to. So I really love that. But I want you to tell me more about these voice notes because I feel like I'm constantly learning more things about you <laughs> that I didn't know before. <laughs> And um, yeah, so tell me, I know that you journal. I know that you are extremely spiritual. Like you're definitely like my moon child, my, my sun child, my all of those things. And it's so crazy. So I met a client today, small topic, short story, um, who was telling me about um, seating during her menstrual period. Oh, yeah. And I was like, can you tell me more? Because I need to ask my friend. She knows all about this stuff. Like and we went into a whole five minute conversation and she's like, yeah, she started doing this about two years ago. So it's like pumpkin seeds and like flax seeds. And she eats these seeds at the start of her period for the first two weeks. And then she switches over to another type of seeding. But she said it was like seeding cycle or something like that. And I'm like, I'm gonna ask my girl because she gonna know about this. <laughs> it's, it's a whole world in this. One day we're going to have my, my, one of my dream guests on to talk more about that. But it's, Yeah there's so much, but yes, it is awesome. I'm going to actually start trying it more myself, but, um, the voice notes. So I used to do that. This is going to probably sound terrible, but I used to do that as a way to get out my frustrations when I, when I couldn't talk to like you or my mom or something, or I just, it was just so stupid that I didn't feel like bothering you guys with it. I used to just voice note myself and just like vent so I didn't feel like an idiot because I'm not talking to myself with anything, but I'm recording into a voice note because we, we, you and I voice note a lot. So it just felt like, okay, whatever. Right. So I would just voice note my frustrations. It started off like that because I didn't, I wasn't journaling after, honestly, after 2015, 2016, I haven't journaled much. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten more into social media. Like I just don't physically read or write as much as I should anymore, but I still need a way to get that out because- Got it it in you get tense and you know you get all inflammation and all this stuff so I started voice noting my frustrations or like a diary and then it turned into voice noting inspiration voice noting ideas and downloads that are instantly coming to me so I remember I'd be like laying in bed it'd be like seven in the morning so I do get up early but I don't get out of bed sometimes mm -hmm. and 
<laughs> these ideas will start coming to me, just like dropping, downloading, downloading, downloading. And they're like building like a snowball really quickly. And I know that if I don't write it down, I'm, I'm not going to remember it, but I know I can't write as fast as this is coming. So instead of trying to figure out and write it, I would just flip on my voice note recorder and just speak out whatever was coming through. And, you know, you listen back and you're like, holy shit, this is a really good idea. Thank goodness I reminded myself because now I can action on it. Right. Um, and then also voice noting um, just how, how to prepare for a, a difficult conversation or how to prepare for an interview. You know, you, cause sometimes you hear yourself when you hear yourself after the fact, you're like, Oh, that didn't sound as good or, Oh, and it's not about perfection. It's more about making sure that you're clear. You're, you have clarity around your story. I love that. And it's really helpful to make sure that you're not rambling or saying random things, but you don't want to be using notes. You still want it to be organic. Okay. Know? Like you're right. yourself through that conversation. Okay. So I said this, do I want to say anything else? No. Okay. And then you just re, re say it again, but like shorter. Okay. So when would you like, if you're reading something and you're venting versus you're reading something and it's inspirational or you're, you know, getting these downloads from your dream last night, when do you re listen to them? Like, do you listen to them like later that day? Are you re like, are you keeping a log and you're like, all right, last month it was this, I want to, you know, it's August. So I want to see what I said last month. Like, how does that work for you? That's a good question, actually. So hmm, I don't really listen to them again. I haven't, that's a really good point. <laughs> I think I use it as an opportunity to just get it out. And I think once it's out, if it's, if it's important enough, it'll stick. That's just kind of how I've been, mm. but it's a good idea to maybe like label the voice note, um, August reflection and keep it under five minutes. And, you know, and then you can like re-listen to that or, or September is coming up. And so maybe you want to manifest certain things before September starts. And so, you know, August manifestation, and then at the end of the month or right before September starts, you can listen back to that and see what you've been able to create. If you're not someone who writes that down. So, cause I do new moon rituals, I do full moon rituals. And I do actually write those things out because it's not very labor intensive. Um, and then I have those logs, but I really use the voice notes, honestly, to practice before a speech, to practice before a consult with a client um, uh, and to just help my mind get organized on what needs to get done. Okay. I really love that. I have never tried that before. It reminds me a lot of like saying affirmations to yourself in the mirror that I still have not honed on on. Like I understand the concept behind it. This is what, you know, speak this stuff into existence, but I feel like my brain is powerful enough that I don't have to say it out loud, like actually verbalize it because it's there. And I know that it's there and I know that I'm going to get to this place, but maybe it'll be faster if I say it out loud. Honestly, I use that as, um, cause I used to drive a ton when I was going to workshops with youth and I went in the car. This is the only affirmation I used to do. I used to, and I still say, it, and this is what helped. I honestly help me th believe it helped me manifest all the crazy, awesome stuff that happened in the last five, six years. I used to say, things are always working out for me. Very simple sentence. Say it a lot in the car. But what I would do is I would repeat it, but I would put emphasis on each letter and repeat that. So I'd be like, things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. Things are working out for me. Things are always working out for me. And I just see how you feel when you say different emphasis on different words. Hmm. It, I use it as a reflection where if it feels off or feels really good at a certain word, like for me, or things are working out, 
for me are working because then if it's different feelings, like, oh, I don't want to, I feel weird when I say working, maybe because I feel like I'm not doing enough work or I feel like I'm working too freaking hard and I want things to work out for me. Like this is a little esoteric. I understand that. But that I like it though. is really, it helps me learn how to trust because I have a lot of trust issues with getting things done and believing that things will manifest. And that helps me have less anxiety around that. That's the only okay. I use really. I love it. And we're going to tap into that affirmation thing and this little link thing in the bottom whenever we post it. And um, that would be awesome because I definitely, I feel like driving will might help me kind of remember and then just not feel stupid doing it because I'm just driving. But I have done that a couple of times where I was just really, really stressed out. And I'm like, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> it's like I'm screaming at myself just as a reminder. Even if you cry, like it's out now. It's out. Right. Like you were saying, we're both good at like hyping each other up or hyping somebody up, but you can use the voice notes as a way to, to talk to yourself and hype yourself up. Whether or not you listen to it again is irrelevant, but it's the act of, you know, PS, you are loved. Like it's telling yourself that you are loved through affirming and reminding and getting these emotions out verbally because I'm a verbal affirmations person. That's right. why it works for me. Right. So, so yeah. I love that. All right. So tell me more about your doula job and how that has manifested into you living more of your dreams. And actually, first tell me about the challenging parts of doing the doula job. So a doula, a doula. A, a doula for those who don't know, is a professional, non-biased, educated um, support person in birth, pregnancy, and postpartum. So we're not a midwife. We're not a doctor. We don't do anything clinical. We don't advise anything clinical but we fill in the gaps in between um, and we provide that education and those resources. So the challenging parts of that are you have to remain pretty objective and you have to remain pretty unbiased. Um, that's one of the first things that you do in training is recognize your biases because you can't bring any of that shit, any of that energy into, into whatever space you're going into, um, which is hard because you're not really taught to do that. Right. And then if you're a birth doula, uh, you're living that on-call life, you know, so you can't really uh, be drinking all the time and you can't really be going too far if you're on call for those two weeks before and after the baby's due date. Um, you're kind of a little bit landlocked, even if you have a great backup doula who, who can go if you can't attend. Um, and then it's the, it's the self-employed life as well. So you have to really become someone who's self-sufficient and accountable. And historically, I never identified myself as such. I thought I needed structure, but then I still floundered when there was structure because it was too rigid. And in the first year of being a doula, I was glad I worked with an agency because there was some structure and like consistent work. Um, but then I started to feel like, okay, I'm just doing another job. This is not my own business. Um, and so I was like, you know what, it's going to be hard, but let's let's make this thing, let's try and make this thing work um, and, and do my own, my own business in conjunction with agencies. Love it. Love it. So are you still working for an agency and like doing your own? I am. So, but I work, I've gone through a couple and it's about, it's just kind of like a job. It's kind of like a, like a team. You got to find what works for you and the vibe that you get. So there was a couple that I started with that I'm not worth anymore because the vibe just wasn't there or, you know, they're in a different mission, vision, values, headspace than I am. Um, but right now I'm working with a lot of government agencies. So I'm really happy with that. 
and also with some other amazing Black doulas in Ontario, we have formed a collective called the Ontario Black Doula Society here in Canada. And it's just- That you were featured in, that you were featured in. Just <laughs> putting that out there. Also link, also a link. Oh my gosh, you're the best. <laughs> but that's been good because I just, it can be lonely. I'm sure you know, as a self-employed person, it can be lonely. And I think prior to really investing myself outside of the agencies and finding other doulas and not seeing them as competition and seeing it as family and community has really been huge. Um, and with everything that's gone on race relations wise and anti-black racism, we, we felt like we needed a space. We needed a space right. as black doulas and black families to seek safe support, trauma informed support, anti-oppressive support. Um, and because it wasn't there, we decided to create it. And I think that's what I've learned through listening to you and having you on my team and going for my goals is that if that thing does not exist, if that life that you're living is not the life that you want, you have to create it and you have to put in the work and it's going to suck, but it's going to be so much more rewarding. And when you're with people, like your whole, your whole Wednesday girl sip, when you're with people, even like you who are working hard and you see yourself and you're like, am I working as hard? Am I putting in the work? Could I do more? Or am I doing okay? It's, that's one of the best ways to keep yourself accountable. You can't just work in a hole in a, in a downstairs basement. No, 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 no. You need people to show you what's possible and to uh, maybe shine a guiding light on what you can do. Because this doula over here is not going to be the same kind of doula as me, which is why I'm not afraid of competition anymore. Because your clients are not going to want me and my clients are not going to want you. So there's not really competition. And I learned that at a, a, a client interview I had a while back and I knew one of the other doulas that was being interviewed by the family. And to me, she was like so good on social media. She got everything on lock, but they didn't hire her. They hired me. Right. And that's, that's the thing. It's, it's about building those connections and there's, it's not a right or wrong way. It's a vibe. It's a, Hey, this person works well and gels well with us. And maybe they said the right things. Maybe their energy was on point and you can have all the amazing social media platform things out there. You can be an influencer. If your energy is not in the right space, then it's just, it's not, it's not attractive. You know, you could look good on paper, but you don't feel good in person. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is rings so true. And I remember saying this to you before where I was like, you know, you can't think about the idea that other people are doing what you're doing because nobody is you ever, and like ever, ever, ever. You hear that. And you're just like, if you haven't tapped into that confidence, you can't yet receive that fully. So what somebody said to me, even though it's true, but what somebody said to me recently was you can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. So it almost mm -hmm. takes that, that responsibility off of yourself to be like, just know that you're great if you're still working on your confidence, but just know that you yourself, what you, what you say, what you do, it doesn't matter. If, they, if the person trusts you, if the person likes you, that's all that it matters. I had a client, yeah. the interview was five minutes. Wow. How are you? But I've had gone to people's houses, had dinner, you know, they wanted a second meeting because they weren't, they weren't sure. They ended up right. But there's been other times where I did all that work and they didn't hire me. So sometimes right. it's really just about the connection. Yeah, literally, literally. And again, just going back to the girl step and, you know, shameless plug here, but that's, that's the space that I want to create where we wake up, we get some shit done. We've got two hour gap. Even if you're only there for 30 minutes, even if you're only there for an hour, 
it's just come get work done with other women who are also trying to get their shit together, you know, because we don't all have our shit together and everything isn't going to be perfect and kosher, but at least, you know, you've got another team member beside you who can, you know, look over that thing and say, Hey, why don't you tweak this? Why don't you add that? Like it's, it makes such a huge difference when you know, you're not going through the struggle alone. Yes. And I, I just, I'm so excited for it because the first time I ever had that was in person. It was actually this December. My other friend that you met or know, Amanda, she owns a business and she invited me. It was literally like, I don't know, December 27th. Like it was like most people are on holiday time, not trying to do nothing, but she is business mode like you all the time. And she's like, come to the library with me and my friend and we're getting work done. She kept pushing it. I was like, okay, okay, I'll come drive all the way there at the library. They've been there already like five, six hours. And we all had completely different businesses, completely different businesses. And they're looking over my contract. She's helping me create my business license online. I'm helping them with an event. I'm, I'm looking over their socials, like completely different industries, but having that fresh pair of eyes and that maybe sometimes um, foreign pair of eyes provides you with an opportunity for maybe a potential client to see you how to tell you how to, how they might see you, which is yeah. completely invaluable. Yeah. And I mean, just getting another stranger's opinion who is, is low key invested in you already. You know, we're all here for the same mission to get ahead, to do better, to grow, to, to learn. And they're low key already rooting for you. Everybody's here for the same space. Everybody has the same open mind. And even if they don't understand the industry that you're in, they can still be a part of what you're trying to put together. So I, I really love that. And I love, again, the fact that you are like doing more of the things that you love. And it's just, it's really, really awesome to see you as my best friend living more authentically. And I know I said that before, but it just, it makes me really happy that like things are not perfect. They're never going to be perfect, but they are closer to your original goals, you know, of being able to work with families and work with kids and, you know, groom them in a sense to being better humans, which is literally what we need more of today. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such a thank you. And I, again, just obviously, you know, you take your own credit for the work that you put in, but you, you can't do anything without community. And you know, what's that African proverb alone, you may go fast, but together you go farther. Um, mm -hmm. Even if it's even if it's somebody in your own industry that's supporting you or a friend who's completely separate, um, it's so important. And you know, I've really embraced the idea of collaboration over competition. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because there's there's room for everybody. There's room for it all. Um, and the the abundance is out there if you believe it. And if you don't, yeah. then you ain't getting a piece of it. So you're gonna be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So I have one last question for you. Um, oh goodness. I had the question and now it's, it's fleeting my mind. Um, I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a statement out at you and then you define it back to me. It's better to be right or to be loved. To be loved. Okay. Explain why it's better to be loved versus being right. Um, I remember my, my tour partner, when I used to do speeches, used to say this to me, he's like, he, he said, I'd rather be I'd rather be, actually, I don't know. That was my initial answer, but <laughs> the problem that I have with that, okay, the problem that I have with that is what is right, right? Being right is all about perspective. When I say loved, I don't mean like this need to be accepted by everybody and like this, this incessant need. I mean, 
like if you're getting into a fight with your partner or a friend, I would rather keep the friendship happy than to fight about something that's not that important. If I'm right about the fact that you left the milk out for the fourth time and then what? Now I'm right. Now you're pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> so just putting the milk back myself. Now there's going to be times when I do want to be right. And, and, you know, I'll speak up in the hospital room because it's not right for that nurse to say X, Y, Z and her loving all doulas is not important in that time because my client needs that their support to be effective and non-racist. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a right answer to this question. <laughs> Did I fail? Oh, no, you didn't fail. I just, I've been thinking about that question a lot and I wanted to get your kind of take on it. And you're one of those people who think beyond the question, like the surface of the question. And that's why I asked you that. There was, it wasn't loaded. There wasn't any, any malice behind it. I was just curious because I heard somebody say it and I've heard it before and I was like, Ooh, is this me? Like, do you take this literally in, in a sense where you are constantly looking more for love than you are for rightness? Um, yeah, you know, I see it as like feminist, feminine energy and masculine energy. You know, masculine energy is very linear. Feminine energy is very cyclical, cyclical. And my tour partner who said that to me, he's like, would you rather be right or be liked? And his was always, I would rather be uh, right than liked. Um, mm that was just him as a person or his philosophy or very masculine energy and masculine energy is black and white. It's this or that generally speaking or feminine energy. There's a lot, there's a lot more gray, there's gray room. Right. Um, and I think that's why we were, we worked well as two partners, but we also obviously clashed because I was like, well, yeah, you might be right, but now everybody's sad or, (laughs) um, or you don't have a friend anymore. And if you're fine with that, then that's, then that's fine. And that's why it really just kind of, to me, always depends on the situation. I know I hate when people give me that, well, it depends, but I'm being, it, it, it depends. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for allowing me to interview you and taking the time to do this with me and helping us like us both grow from this whole experience of hosting this podcast. And I'm really excited for more episodes. And we mentioned this before, but like we're getting back into a good groove of recording more frequently so that we can put it out there more. And just in general, just wanting to connect with more people. So I think, you know, with things I have going on and things that you're going to implement soon, we're going to have a really strong team and like powerful network of like badass women. So I'm really excited. It's about time. We uh, listen, y'all. So much greatness is coming, and I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready to share. And um, this is it. Like I said before, this is life. Life is not a dress rehearsal. If there's something that you want to do, if you're afraid, feel the fear and do it anyway, because the other side of that is where you're going to grow. And that's what we're meant here to do. We're just basically more complicated houseplants. So. Yes, grow, keep growing, keep shining, keep pushing your heart out to the sun. I'm thinking about all my yoga poses I'm going to have to do on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> that. You rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, talk to us, send us emails, y'all. P.S. You are loved podcast at gmail.com. We want to build this community. We want to hear from you. Yes, we love you. And if you haven't been told yet today, P.S. You are loved. 100% baby. <laughs> <laughs>